Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this afternoon, Robert? Allie, doing great. Glad to be here for yet another episode with you. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with Mark, our CEO, last week talking about the NFC North. Now we're going to head down to the NFC South. And any division with Tom Brady in it is always entertaining. So let's start right there with the Bucks. Now, they did have quite an interesting offseason. Tom Brady did retire. Then he unretired. Rob Gronkowski retired. So far, he's still retired, but that could always change. And Bruce Arians left uh, to join the front office, and they named Todd Bowles the new head coach. So, Robert, before we dissect this team, what are we looking at for their over-under win total and the odds? Yeah, so we we opened it at 11.5. We ended up taking a couple of bets, uh, limit bets to go over the total, but then an ocean of them came in on the under. I'm not sure if that was just off of just some speculation that was quite reckless that, Oh, maybe Tom Brady wasn't going to play. I mean, honestly, Ali, does Tom Brady need to practice? No. Yeah, I, I don't know. At this point, though, we're we're currently at 11 and a half of the season win total under minus 130. Okay, yeah. And like you said, you know, there's been so much speculation this week. You know, Tom Brady hasn't been in practice. People were thinking he was on the mass Singer, some other things. But, I mean, the guy has been in the, year, in the league for over 20 years. I mean – I don't know how much more being on a football field he's going to improve on. I mean, the guy does seem to get better every year, but I don't think he needs training camp. But, you know, let's get past that because it's going to be an interesting offense this year because, you know, Mike Evans is still the linchpin of that that team that Tom Brady's throwing to. You have Leonard Fournette running back. But we're still kind of struggling with the rest of their receiving core because – Chris Godwin, we still know when he, he's returning from, I believe, a torn ACL injury. We don't know what Julio Jones is going to look like, though he has a, plenty of upside. And Brady's right-hand man, Rob Gronkowski, is retired. So, you know, before I give my take, Robert, what's your take on their offseason moves? Right, yeah. So, I mean, despite losing a few, you know, key contributors, you know, like Gronkowski, I mean, Jordan Whitehead, Alex Kappa during the offseason, you know, that's, that's not slowing them down at all. Russell Gage is here now. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Julio Jones. Kyle Rudolph is being mm-hmm. brought into you know right. some of Grant's uh, reps. Uh, and Dominican Sue, he was flipped for cheaper and better Akeem Hicks, in my opinion. Yep. You know, so now Tampa has been able to you know, go out and bring in you know Paul Masib back against a minor cap hit. So I think it's just been home run after home run for the Bucks. Um, and you know, bringing in the Sib is pretty much the cherry on top. Uh, you know, I think honestly, if, if you bring in all this talent, you know, it's it's always, you know, a really, really great move. You know, being able to bring in talent, you know, that's at or near the veteran minimum is even better. Yeah. Uh, you know, they remain, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL, you know, and, and signings like this are the reason why. Yeah, I agree. Nesib was a very underrated move that they had. Like, I was even surprised that the Raiders let him go because I thought, you know, playing linebacker behind the defensive line for them with Max Crosby was really good, but you know, they did move on for me, the Buccaneers. I don't know. It, it just seems like any time team Tom Brady's on as many losses as they get, they get tons of more additions, like you said. But when I was looking at this team and looking at the schedule and the division that they played in, 
I don't know. I saw 11 and a half. And when you said there was a flood of unders that, that came in, that didn't surprise me because I was leaning toward an under. I mean, if you, st- what, one of the things for me is not with the players, you know, with losing a few guards with Alex Kappa, with losing, you know, we, we know the Antonio Brown saga. For me, what really I think could be the X factor is not having Bruce Arians as the head coach. The last time we saw Todd Bowles as the head coach, the Jets, he did not have a good tenure with the Jets. You know, I don't know how Brady's going to play with Bowles. I don't know how Bowles is going to do running this team. I mean, he did a good job with the defense. I'm not going to get him on that. So I can understand the Bucks' mind, you know, let's put a defensive-minded head coach, let Brady run the offense. But I don't know. What do, what do you see from Bowles this year? Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, he he was the team's defensive coordinator. So nothing's going to really, you know, impact where they're at from an offensive perspective. I think that ultimately, you know, he did transform the unit into one of the more productive, you know, opportunistic defenses in the NFL. So I, I feel that whoever comes in to replace him as the DC is going to probably just mimic and, and, you know, find a way to just replace, you know, whatever Bulls did and, you know, intertwine some of their play. So I don't think that we're going to see any drop off there from an offensive perspective though. Well, look, it's not an easy schedule. I'm just looking at yeah. back, back to their season. It's not an easy schedule, but by virtue of playing in the NFC South, they definitely have some leeway alley. Uh, I mean, they are the favorite to win the NFC. You know, the Rams and the Packers really aren't that far behind in, in the future book odds that I have. You know, they get to play both teams this year. Uh, you know, I just think that, you know, looking at the way they, you know, they are just from an early point spread perspective, I have them winning both. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the Bucks do tend to you know, lose some weird games. Uh, you know, they like did. Washington and then to New Orleans twice last year. Um, I, I just I still think if they stay healthy, I think they should get the 12 wins or more, Allie. Uh, you know, how, how do you think it's going to play itself out? Bulls are not bulls. I, I still think the under. I think that they're going to finish, you know, what is that going to be, 11 and 6 right. with the 17-game season now. Six losses I'm looking at at Dallas. I think that's going to be a loss, week, you know, the first week of the season. That's the Sunday night game. New Orleans, that's a toss-up. I think that Green Bay, that's a toss-up. Kansas City, I mean – I'll give Kansas City the edge, even though it's in Tampa. I don't think Tampa's a big, like, home field advantage. I think the Rams could be a loss. That's three right there. The Ravens, potentially. There's a lot of potential losses here. Cincinnati. So, for me, when I was looking at the schedule and making my thing, I I, I just found a lot more games that were toss-ups. So, when I see a lot of games that are toss-ups, I tend to play devil's advocate and lean toward more, you know, if it's a toss-up game, I'll I'll go the other way with it. So for me, you know, I I think that they I mean, Robert, they could easily lose uh, you know, easily their first four games of the season. I mean, they could lose against Dallas, New Orleans in New Orleans, we think New Orleans is a good team this year. They could lose to New Orleans, they could lose against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, and they could lose against Pat Mahomes. Like you know, what are you thinking? That's when you when you put it that way, you're absolutely right. Uh, these aren't cakewalk games in the first yeah. month of the year at all. Uh, but I've been you know, proven wrong in the past. I'll probably say, Allie, we're going to kick off this episode by 
think we're going to split here. I'm going to go over the total. All right. Well, we need to start out somewhere. Disagree. <laughs> I'm glad we got that one out of the way. But, you know, again, I don't think the offense is going to suffer a ton. It's still Tom Brady. They still manage to bring in re- reinforcements every single season. You mentioned Russell Gage. I really think Julio Jones is going to have some kind of a resurgent year if he can stay healthy. But the defense still worries me a little bit because as good of a job as Todd Bowles did, there were some games, you know, we think about the Rams in that postseason game where the defense just fell apart. And I think Jordan Whitehead was a big loss for them. I think not having Pierre Paul or Sue, that's another two. That's a few other big losses for them. Not saying that they can't go in, but I don't know. I think that their defense will take a little bit of a hit. And when you ask Brady to put up more points, it's not like he can't do it. But I think they're going to be in a lot more grueling, tough games where it's going to be hard to play again the next week. I know people overlook that. But when you play like, you know, a quote unquote Super Bowl game midseason, I mean, that's the the recipe for a trap game the following week if you play, you know, a team that's not that good. And that's what explains a lot of the Bucks' weird losses last year. You know, you go up against top, top competition. You give it up. You're all week seven by week eight. You're kind of fried. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And that's where uh, more mental toughness comes into play. In my opinion, you find a team that's loaded with vets, probably overcome something like that and, and the fatigue. Well, just depth, as much depth as you can get. And so I think what they did from an offensive standpoint by loading up as many weapons to throw to, and we haven't even talked about Leonard Fournette and, and the running game that the guys right. have. So they could lean on that very heavily, uh, especially when they're up with a big lead. You know, they could start resting some guys. But I think, you know, in the end, the things that they did in the offseason to make themselves deeper is only going to help them in the long run. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, because I'm looking at the schedule now, but week 12 against Cleveland. Is that Deshaun Watson's return game? Of course it is. Well, there you go. That's the – I mean – at Cleveland, you know, what what you're going to play in a stadium in Cleveland where that crowd is going to be so loud, so explosive. And Cleveland fans, they could be me. So that, you know, then you got to play New Orleans again. You got to play San Francisco, who's still, you know, Trey Lance or not, they're still a good team. And Cincinnati, I mean, Coming off that bye week, Robert, that's another just tough four, even five games if you want to throw in Arizona or hell, you could even throw in Carolina. I mean, we both are high on Baker Mayfield. I mean, I just, I feel so much more comfortable taking the under because, you know, on paper, it doesn't look like the worst schedule, but there's pockets where they're just facing one playoff team after another. So I'm leaning under. That's, that is fair. That's a fair assessment. They definitely have a very tough schedule, but this is a Super Bowl caliber team. True. And so with that, yeah, I mean, six wins, rather, rather six wins. I probably see six losses, seven losses as possible. So it'll probably be on the number. In my opinion, again, I think we'll probably see uh, more of, of a success when it comes to those close three-point games. Than mm-hmm. not. And so I'll, I'm going to give the edge to Tampa going over the season win total. All right. Well, we disagree on the first one, so I'm glad with that. But let's move on to the other team that has had an exciting offseason, and that's the Carolina Panthers. I mean, it was just a few weeks ago where we were literally about to start an episode 
And everything we're about to talk about just got erased because Baker Mayfield, breaking news, went to the Panthers. We mentioned on that episode, just, you know, when it was so fresh that we both liked the trade. I think that Carolina was the best fit for Mayfield. I think he comes to an offense with, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. You have a solid receiving core with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I love Baker Mayfield going to the Panthers. And I said it on the show. I think that it makes them an instant wild card contender. So before we go even further, Robert, what is the win total sitting at right now? And what are the odds for it? Ali, yeah, we've got uh, now that we have the Panthers with their uh, starting quarterback, and we know for sure it's going to be Baker Mayfield. Season win total set at six and a half. Uh, that's a flat number. We've had equal bets over and under. This was obviously, you know, we, we opened up way before they traded for for Mayfield. So we had, you know, a good slew of under bets and, uh, you know, the tide turned. Uh, so we have some pretty equal action now that we know, you know, who their starting quarterback is going, you know, into the first week of the football season. I mean, look, Ali, the, the pressure is completely on head coach Matt Rule. Right. He's, around in Charlotte they've had consecutive five win seasons uh they haven't made the playoffs since 2017 their 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 record over the last three years is 15 and 34 Uh, you know they ended last year on a seven game losing streak you know of of course you know we could talk about the health of Christian McCaffrey and I I really do think that they're doing everything they can to ensure that he's going to be a massive massive part of their offense um you know, 300, you know, total carries and touches, without a doubt, I could definitely see that no matter what. Um, and I think they're going to really need to to rely on McCaffrey to be healthy all year long if they are going to have any kind of success. So, uh, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, the, the top addition and subtraction, well, obviously there's no bigger one than Baker Mayfield. Uh, and, they, you know, even though they stressed it's going to be an open competition, we already know, you know, the writings on the wall who's going to be the week one starter alley yeah and i'll say right here i i love the over on this one you know i think if i'm not mistaken robert what what was the movement from pre-baker mayfield trade to post-baker mayfield trade it was it was it was five and a half it was very very low um you know it was shaded to the over but once once they brought in mayfield you know that jumped the full point you know what? I think that I think the full point jump is fair and I'm still going over because I think I said it, you know, week one against Cleveland, like that's a blowout win for the Panthers, in my opinion. I think Baker's going to come out just throwing the ball like fire down the field. He's going to have, you know, ice down his veins. He's just going to want to make a statement to the Cleveland franchise, even though Deshaun Watson won't be on the field. So I think that's a win right there. Uh, I hate to say it, but against my Giants, that's probably a win. I don't want to say definite yet because, you know, that could be an emotional come down following the Browns. But I'll go ahead and jump further to other games I like. I think they beat Atlanta probably at least once, maybe twice. I think that they beat Seattle. I think they beat Pittsburgh. I think they beat Detroit. New Orleans, I think they'll split a game with. So I already am seeing seven wins minimum right here. And I said it, you know, in the last episode we did talking about Baker Mayfield. I really think he gets this team to be a wild card contender. Do they, do they secure a wild card berth? I don't know, but I love Baker Mayfield in this type of situation. There is no one since I've watched him play in college who plays with a better chip on his shoulder. 
And you know what? People forget how good Baker Mayfield was in the 2020 season where he led the Browns to the postseason, not only led him to the postseason, but they beat the Steelers and they almost beat the Chiefs, who were the eventual who eventually went to the Super Bowl. So I think Baker is in a similar situation right here where he's dealing with good, not great receivers. Like, let's not forget in 2020, Odell Beckham didn't really play. He was hurt early in the year and then he never came back. Jarvis Landry, I don't think he's anything, you know, special to talk about since his Dolphin days. So it's not like Baker has been playing with this surplus of wide receiver talent his entire time in Cleveland. I think this is a great situation for him, and I'm going with the over. How about you? You know, six and a half is always that that curious number when you start to see a team start to turn the tide from, you know, perennial loser to, you know, perhaps playoff contender. So – I'm saying to myself, all right, what's the worst thing that could happen? They lose McCaffrey in week one again. So what do they do for that? Well, they brought in you know, Dante Foreman from the Titans in the offseason mm-hmm. along with Chuba Hubbard. So, you know, if and when that does happen, they'll have some good depth there. DJ Moore, by the way, is really fantastic. I, I actually think that he's a you know top 20 talent okay. from wide out. So he's good. Not, God, let's, let's not forget about how incredible he is. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be very happy to see someone, uh, you know, very capable of getting him the ball, uh, you know, at, at any point during the season, at any point in any game. So this one a tough one. If I had to lean right now on a number, again, just seeing their schedule, there's, there is plenty of winnable games. I'm going to say right now, I'm, I'm going to have to go under the total, though, Alex. All right, two for two, <laughs> disagreeing. I'm going to have to go under the total. No, I, I respect that. I mean, listen, I've I've had many conversations with people about Carolina's situation, and particularly Mayfield. I was one that, you know, I worked at Fox Sports at the time when Mayfield was getting drafted. So I had to listen to Colin Cowherd every morning, and he hated Baker Mayfield. And what's funny is he was so high on Sam Darnold. So, you know, now five years later, who is Baker starting against Sam Darnold? Right. He beat him out for the uh, for the number one starting quarterback position. So I think Baker has always been doubted his entire career. You look at his college days, you know, he had to go to Oklahoma and become the starter. And he just lit up Oklahoma on the field. You know, it was just score after score when he was on that offense. So I think that people are underestimating him again. And like I said, no guy plays better in this league with a chip on his shoulder than Baker Mayfield. So he's going to really come out and he's going to make the most of this situation because Robert, let's not forget, despite him wanting to prove something, he's going to be a free agent after the season. So he's playing for a long-term contract. So this is kind of the year where he's going to be determining whether he is going to secure that, you know, four or five year deal and start for the next few seasons. Or if he's going to become like, for instance, a Mitch Trubisky or a Marcus Mariota, that's going to become a backup, maybe get signed to star in place of a rookie, you know, to shepherd a rookie coming on. So I really think he has so much to prove this year and he's going to be more focused and probably most important, he's going to be healthy. Because people forget that he did get injured. I believe it was week two last season. And his shoulder was just never the same last year. So I personally like Mayfield. And Carolina, they do have a good defense. As bad as that team was last year, their defense was still solid. They just had terrible quarterback play. 
They really didn't have any run game once McCaffrey went down. So there wasn't really much to do. So what else are you seeing that I'm not seeing, Robert? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And actually, just as we speak, there's a line move on preseason week three. So the Panthers just went from six to six and a half, as it looks as uh, Josh Allen's not going to play Friday versus Carolina. So it's going to give Carolina probably a lot more opportunities. You know, for the, the defense could do some three and outs, get Mayfield some more reps in this game. So that's probably why that point spread starting to creep up on that kind of news. So we'll see a lot of Mayfield on Friday. That's for sure. Um, you know, that game is at four o'clock and like I said, it just moved from six to six and a half. Um, I'm probably figuring we're going to see him. probably going to have to play at least a quarter. I mean, this is it. This is the final tune up. I, I, I'd like to see what he's going to do. I mean, he's going to have an opportunity to play against a, you know, a, a top notch defense in Buffalo in this, in the first couple of sets. See what the kid can do. Yeah, I mean, that's the best you can. And I know we're just going over all these other, you know, players that are on the team. But it really, it, it's going to come down to make feel success. And if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy with him, I mean, that's just going to be such a dangerous both backfield. And then you have a dangerous wide, you know, wide receiving core. So I really like this team. I also want to point out, like you said earlier, Matt Rule, he's coaching for his job. He's had two disappointing seasons, so that's I, that's why I wasn't surprised when he named Mayfield the starter. You can't take a you you know you can't take a chance with Sam Darnold when you could get fired any game this season. So I think that this I I really think this Carolina Panthers squad is underrated, and I'll go as so far to say Robert that I like them better than the Saints this season. <laughs> Am I crazy? That's a hot take. That is super super hot. Yeah, so let's let's go. You know, we both we know, we we both established we disagree on. I like the over again. You like well, I like the over on this one. You like the under on this one. So let let's move to the Saints because they're another team. We saw Sean Payton, their longtime head coach, he retired. Dennis Allen was named head coach. Jameis Winston is set to return this year, second season starting for the for the Saints. He suffered an injury, I believe it was Week Eight last year, that kept him out the rest of the season. Michael Thomas also returning. Chris Olave, the wide receiver they drafted in the first round. So this team is getting a lot more back. They get their quarterback back. They get their top wide receiver back. They have a nice rookie coming back, coming to join the squad. But Dennis Allen as head coach is what scares me. Now, before I tell you why, Robert, let's hear what their win-loss total is and their odds. Yeah, so we, we opened them up. Uh, at a very low number of seven and a half, and that got schemed very heavily. So right now it's it's sitting at eight and a half total wins for the entire season, Ellie. Yeah, and I'm, I'll say right here, I'm going under on this one. You know, on paper, this Saints team is a scary, scary sleeper pick to make noise this season. I think that if they do get the wild card, they will be a team to watch for an upset when it comes to the postseason. But like I said, they don't have Sean Payton. And I want to reiterate, I love Sean Payton. I think that he is one of the best coaches currently in this game. He's definitely a quarterback whisperer. And I think Jameis Winston owes a lot of his early success with the Saints to Sean Payton being at the helm and designing plays that really speak to Winston's strength. Now that you have Dennis Allen, I mean, he's had such a disappointing run when he was head coach he he coached i believe three plus season with the raiders yeah i'm looking at now 
I mean, he has a career eight and 28 record as a head coach. I mean, Robert, what am I not seeing that you are here? No, you're, you're right. It's, it is kind of jarring when you look at it that way. And I mean, you know, they did, you know, the Saints, they did make a couple of big moves, obviously, brought in Matt Bell and Jarvis Landry is, you know, I yep. guess a little bit surprising given their salary cap issues, you know, but I mean, they, they were a playoff team, you know, before Jameis Winston got hurt. They finished yeah. the year nine and eight. So you, you have to think if you just look at, you know, previous performances, you know, you, you probably could count on a full season of him, but, you know, now it's a full season without Sean Payton. Ah, I mean, look, Tom Brady's returning. You know, the Saints, you know, they have to face him twice, obviously. Right. But, you know, they have had, you know, Brady's number since, you know, he signed with the Bucks. (laughs) He's, you know, of course, playing in the AFC North is going to be extremely difficult. Now, you know, as every team is a postseason contender there, uh, you know, they play the NFC West as well, you know, which is obviously one of the best divisions in the NFL the past few seasons. This one's going to be a tough call. Allen, I mean, you, you see now when you, you, you bring it to that kind of a perspective, it does start to make me think. But I mean, look, it, it's a difficult schedule to predict because it is so tough. I just think that it's, you know, some weeks they come out looking like they're the best team in the NFL. Some weeks it's just the complete opposite. I, I think by adding the two big bets on both sides of the ball is what's going to help them win some of these big games. Mm-hmm. Allie. I'm going to go over the total. All right. Three for three. We disagree. <laughs> I think that has to be a record. <laughs> no. And you know what? It, you know, eight as a win total. I can understand the hesitancy because that's a number that you could easily see in eight and nine or nine and eight season. So, I mean, I personally think that they get seven wins this season. You know, I'm looking at their schedule. Atlanta's a win. I think that the Tampa Bay is a loss. I think Carolina at Carolina, that could be the loss if they split the games with them. Minnesota, I think, is a loss. Seattle, they'll win. Cincinnati, I think, is a loss. At Arizona, that could be a loss. Vegas could be a loss. Baltimore could be a loss. Pittsburgh will be a win. Rams, a loss. At San Fran, I think, is a loss. And, again, at Tampa Bay, I mean – like you said, there is this this team's potential is literally right down the middle, nine and eight. And I think you captured it perfectly. This is a team that one week we're going to see them light up the stars. And it's like we saw last year. They beat the Packers week one. I know it was in Jacksonville. But what they beat them, like 38 to three? And then they came back the next week and just got totally blown out. I forget if it was the Panthers who played them or, or whoever. So, but that's been kind of Winston's career. He's just an inconsistent guy. So whenever I see a team that's inconsistent, I automatically lean under just because I can never trust them fully to win a game. Now that you had Allen in as head coach, I don't know how he does running this team. I mean, we just mentioned there are a lot of new additions to this team. So how does he get these players to mesh well together? Sean Payton, for years, it was just nothing but consistency with Drew Brees, with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Now you got Michael Thomas coming back. He's never worked with Winston before, so we don't know what kind of chemistry that is. We don't know how Chris Olave is going to do adjusting to the NFL, though I am high on Olave. And Jarvis Landry, I mean, he he had a disappointing tenure when he was in Cleveland. Like he, There were some games he just he didn't even look like he was on the field. He just was that disappointing. So I don't know how he's going to do with 
the Saints. And Kamar, you know, he had the offseason where he, he we, we, we didn't know if he was going to get suspended or not. I don't know how he's going to adjust under this coach. So for me, I'm just looking at this team with a ton of potential, but a ton of potential for disappointment as well. What else do you see, Robert? You're 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 absolutely right. And so, Allie, I think I mean, look, we got Tampa number one. Are you going to go so far as to say Carolina fi- finishes ahead of New Orleans in the standings? Yeah, I will go so far to say that. I I actually, if I'm going to be bald, I think that Carolina gets their nine and eight, and they get a wild card spot. And I think that you're going to see New Orleans something like seven and ten. Okay, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, hey, it's, I can't go everywhere that the the experts say. I got That's how I've been making my sports betting career is going opposite what everyone says, and it works out for me more times than it doesn't. I love that. Yeah, you got to go against the the wind every now and then. But you know, again, the scenes. You know, like I said, on paper they could potentially be a, a ten and seventeen. Like I, I won't, I won't overlook that. Like I won't be surprised if they end up being good. It just for me. There's too many questions. Now, if Sean Payton was still the head coach and you gave me the over-under at eight, I'm going over 100% because I think that he knows how to run the offense. He knows how to manage new personalities coming in and out. But you give me a coach whose career was eight and 28. Ah, Robert, I don't know. I I just, I don't see it. Not, I'm not even going to argue with that point anymore. You're absolutely right. His, his record pretty much speaks for itself now. Yeah, and, you know, if we're going to even go further, you know, what is Winston going to look like coming back from that injury? And Michael Thomas. We haven't seen Michael Thomas play since the 2020 season. You know, what are, what are his legs going to look like? Is he going to be rusty running routes and everything? Are him and, you know, Michael Thomas has only ever played his career in the NFL with Drew Brees. You know, what what is that chemistry going to look like? What's your What do you think about all of that? It's 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 going to take a big learning curve to to get used to the arm of Winston versus Breeze, without a doubt. I think that there's going to probably be more. We're probably going to see some really big plays early on before the bye week uh, with with Michael Thomas. I I think that he's fully rested, fully recovered. Uh, whether or not he has that fifth gear, we're going to find out. Uh, but I think he's. I think Thomas is going to have an incredibly stellar season, no matter what, just because he's going to eat up so many of the um, of the targets that Winston's going to be throwing out there. But uh, does that mean that they're going to win? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. I, I just do think that ultimately, when you look at the whole of you know of, of all of their parts, it is it, again it, it is going to be a difficult season without a doubt. Uh, maybe we see. Something different out of Jarvis Landry. Uh, it, it is. It's going to be such a close number, Allie. Uh, I'm still looking at a little bit more success than failure. So um, even now, as I'm starting to think about the number, I, I still see the point spreads for what I'm projecting this year, and I, I I will still think that I will go over the total with them. That's that's totally fair. That's totally fair. And yeah, you know, if you look at Winston's time when he was in the Bucks, I mean, the guy loves throwing downfield. There's no question about that. But, you know, when you love throwing downfield, you have just as much chance as getting intercepted. And we saw that when he was with the Bucks. You know, he could have three touchdowns a game, but he could also have three interceptions a game. And that's why Tampa was always kind of, you know, teetering on, are they good or are they not good? 
But we will move on to the final team in that division, and that is the Falcons, who completely look different. There's no more Matt Ryan. Marcus Mariota is making, you know, he's starting the year as the starting quarterback, but Desmond Ritter there, I believe he was drafted in the second round. He's right there waiting in the rings. They have a new head coach. They have, you know, just about an entirely new wide receiving unit. No more Kevin Ridley. We know he got suspended. So, Robert, right now, what are we looking at at their win total and their odds? It's as low as any franchise in the NFL this year. Set at four and a half over minus wow. 120, Allie. Yeah, I mean, look there. Atlanta's having a rebuild season coming up. There's, there's no other way to look at it. They're coming off a 7-10 and 10 record. Third place finish in the South, and it's obviously with Matt Ryan. Um, they're, they're, they're looking at a whole bunch of new new talent that's in board. I mean, we, we saw how great Drake London did at USC. Uh, Ritter from Cincinnati was amazing. You know, now it's really Mariota's team to start, at least. And I, I think it's just for, you know, giving Ritter some time to understand what the playbook's going to look like and see if he can figure out an NFL-style speed versus, you know, what he saw, you know, playing for the Bearcats. So four and a half, really, really low. Uh, but I think the number's set just right. Yeah, and I'm going to go under on this one. I think, you know, four wins is their max that they're going to get this season. Uh, like you said, I do think, actually, Marcus Mariota is is in place just until Ritter is ready. I think we're going to see Desmond Ritter before we see Kenny Pickett up at Pittsburgh. I think that, that the Falcons know this year's a wash for them. I think they want to see what that chemistry looks like between Ritter and London. I basically think that they're auditioning, you know, this is basically going to be a year long tryout and they're going to want to get one of the top three picks come next April. So I, I think this team, you know, like I said, four wins, their max, I wouldn't be surprised if they only get two or three wins. I just, I don't see the talent on this team. I think they're, they're too young and fresh. They want the picks, you know, that's what it is. They did make some upgrades on defense. They got Lorenzo Carter, on linebacker along with Rashawn Evans. They got, you know, longtime stealer Casey Hayward came over their cornerback. So they did have they did have some upgrades, but I mean Robert, I just don't see this team, you know, being competitive this year. What about you? I I can't get edgy with this pick either. Look, even in a rebuild, you know, five wins is a low bar to set when you have 17 opportunities on the docket. You know, Falcons didn't really get many favors by the NFL with the scheduling. I mean you know, maybe they get the win on Seattle in week three, uh, you know, beat Pittsburgh at home just before the bye week. I mean, it's it's just a reach. Maybe they, they get a gimme from the Bucks. you know, presumably will be resting for the postseason by week 18. All right, we're together on this one, Allie. Let's, let's cross the finish line together. We're going to go under on Atlanta together. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I I really don't think there's much else to say. And it's a shame how this team, you know, they just never recovered to losing to Tom Brady in that Super Bowl where they just blew that 28 to three halftime lead and also screwed my parlay over <laughs> and any other bets I had on the Falcons money line. But we will get to that. Another story. I still haven't forgiven them for that. But, you know, it, it it's a shame because this is one of the best franchises to watch. And I think once we saw Matt Ryan get traded to the Colts in the offseason, you knew that they were just getting ready for the future. You know, they know they're. I think as long as Tom Brady, too, is in that division, they know they're not competing for a division title as long as TB12 is right there. 
so you know they're gonna go out they're gonna get Ritter the experience he needs Drake London the experience he needs and they'll come back next season with a few more picks and then maybe you know they'll be a little more competitive next season but I think this team is still three or four years away easily what about you Three or four years, we might not even see Ritter at that point. That's true. That's <laughs> I give true. up on him. I mean, at this point, with the with the way franchises are built, I honestly think you're just spending your first round pick on a quarterback until you get it right. Right. Uh, and I'm, you know, obviously, if you got that franchise quarterback, then great, yay. You know, you got you've got a championship caliber team. That's you know what we, we were talking about when we were looking, you know, at, at Denver acquiring Russell Wilson or whatever have you. But point is this. If, if Ritter's not the guy, you're going to know it pretty much after, what, a, a season and a half? They'll probably say, probably. Okay, well, he, he can't hack it. He can't figure this thing out. Let's move on and, you know, draft another quarterback in the first round until they get it right. So there, there's not there's not a lot of help for him. The offensive line's not going to help him much. They're going to be running quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, they played great last, you know, what was Week two, they, they first of all they lost to the Jets, but really doesn't matter. They did look good. Uh, the Falcons looked good against the Jets in the first half, um, you know, before losing. But they did, you know, it, it's all a matter of just tuning themselves up. I just don't know if you're going to see anything that's going to give you uh, a, a glimmer of hope. You know, you, you just have to rely on, you know, your your talent acquisition and then figuring out, hey. We know we have Ritter. We know he's good. We just need to keep surrounding him with more and more. So it's not going to be this year, uh, but maybe they turn it around, like you said, um, you know, after the next season, you know, so we could figure out if, in fact, they have just enough pieces to so they can turn things around and start making the playoffs again. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on this team because both you and I agree. Like this, this team, they're going to have the number one or number two pick in the draft come April. I think along with Seattle you know, Chicago, Houston, they're some of the worst teams. And like, I know you like Chicago better than I do, but I'm still not high on them. So I don't want to spend much more time talking about a franchise that I just don't see being that competitive this year. But I will say it's interesting that they chose to hire a new head coach this season, as opposed to, you know, just letting their old coach just, you know, coach out the year. But anyway, let's go to the rankings. So, we all, I don't think we. there's any debate that Tom Brady is the best quarterback in this division. But after Brady, Robert, who are you taking between Mayfield, Winston, and Mariota? Definitely Winston. I think we're going to see a surprise. Uh, if you're not ranking Winston higher than, let's say, I, don't know, I, I think I have him in number eight right now. Oh, wow. I really do. And I, I honestly think that he's not that far off from the final ticks in pretty much any kind of scoring system right behind Brady. Got it. I got to go Mayfield. I, I just, I, I, like I said, maybe because I have a soft spot for Baker, I've always been a Baker fan, but if I'm just choosing to lead my franchise, you know, I'm not choosing a guy who's famous for being in the huddle and licking his fingers as we saw a few seasons ago with the Bucks, I, I think Mayfield is a true leader. I think that he plays with grit. I think he's more coachable too, if that makes sense. I don't know if Winston's that coachable. I think he did. I think he did have a humbling time under Sean Payton. Again, I don't know how he's going to react with Dennis Allen, but for me, if I'm building my team this season, I want Mayfield over Winston. 
And I hate to say it, Marcus Mariota, you know, I was a big fan of you at Oregon, but I think this is his last season. We're going to see him starting any games for a franchise unless he fills in for an injury. But I think he's a backup for years to come. So, you know, what do you think about Mariota? Uh, yeah, Mariota was brought in for one reason. That's just to you know, keep the seat warm for Ritter. That's it. Yeah, so let's move on to running backs. So we got, you know, Christian McCaffrey with the Panthers. We have Leonard Fournette with the Bucks, Alvin Kamara with the Saints, and Cordero, Cordero Patterson with the Falcons. So, I mean, I think we could put Patterson toward the bottom. I, I, I'm just not hiring him, especially for fantasy gurus who love Patterson. But where are you ranking these running backs, Robert? Yeah, I think I'd go yeah, Patterson's four. Um, Camaro's one, but he's going to be suspended. Uh, then give me four net number two, McCaffrey number three. Wow. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm I'm probably with you just because McCaffrey is always injured that I just really can't trust him. I really think Leonard Fournette being with the Bucks has just revitalized his career. Like this was the perfect situation for him when he was with Jacksonville. There were just so many issues with his character, with him just getting suspended randomly for games. So I really think that he's shown that he's also a pass catcher too. I mean, with Jacksonville, we didn't really see him as a pass catcher, but I think he was one of the leading running backs last year, catching passes, if I'm not mistaken. So I would put him an inch below Kamara. I think Kamara just still has more athleticism than Fournette, McCaffrey three, and then Patterson four. So I'll, I'll go with you right there. But what about wide receivers? You know, Mike Evans or Michael Thomas? If you're building your franchise, Robert, who are you taking? Huh. Well, look, so Evans, you know, he commanded what it looked like, what, about 15, 16% of target share through the regular season in the playoffs. Uh there's just so much depth there right now. So, I mean, look, he catches anything in his in his path. But if we're looking at Evans or Michael Thomas, well, man, last time we saw Thomas, uh, he, you know, much of it, obviously, much of his, his stats are, you know, related to the fact that he scored, like, no touchdowns in 2020. You know, but he still gets tons of yards per route run. Um, they are going to throw him the ball so much more this season. So if, if Thomas, if Thomas can get back to full strength, he's going to be the fulcrum. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be a massive, massive target hog. So I would probably say Thomas with a slight edge over Evans just because of how many targets he's going to get. I know we didn't mention him, but I'm going to do it again. Um, I'm going to whisper and say DJ Moore finishes with a better year than all of them. Wow. Now, you know what? It's interesting <laughs> because I wasn't, you know, DJ Moore, because I play fantasy football too. I always kind of overlooked him just because he's never had a good quarterback. But when I was actually looking at his numbers the other day, I'm like, he has decent numbers just for not really playing with anyone. You're not, you're not so far fetched there, Robert. I think you have a good point. I actually think that he finishes with more receptions than Mike Evans and Michael Thomas. So I will agree with you right there. Because, you know, Mike Evans, he, he's known for a touchdown guy. But for me, if I'm choosing between Mike Evans or Michael Thomas, I'm taking Evans just because 
I know what I'm getting with Evans. I know how solid he is. I know how consistent he is. I know that, you know, I just have to throw up the ball. He could get it. I think Michael Thomas has better athleticism, but you know, now that he's been injured, he does scare me on that level. And again, I just don't, I've never seen him play without Drew Brees. So I don't know what to make. So if I'm going to rank him, I'd still put Mike Evans number one. I'd probably put just right now, Michael Thomas right behind him and DJ Moore is creeping up the ladder with you. I mean, is there any other wide receivers right now we're talking about that you see? No, I mean, look, for anyone that's looking for that final edge before your draft, I mean, double-digit touchdowns accompanied by a low target share is usually a sign to fade a wide receiver. I'm talking about Mike Evans. Mm -hmm. But that's hardly the case in a pass-happy offense led by Tom Brady. Yeah, and I think he's even going to get more receptions this year than he has the past few seasons just because, you know, we don't know when Godwin's coming back. We don't know if Julio Jones is going to be able to stay on the field because he has an injury history. And there's no Rob Gronkowski. So I think that even drives up Mike Evans' touchdown share because Tom Brady loves throwing touchdowns to his tight ends. And I don't think that's going to be the same case, though, with Cameron Brait, who tends to block a little more than catch. But let's let's finally finish this. And I I'm, I'm, I know how it's going to play out, but I want to our listeners to hear it. So give me your predictions, Robert. You know, one to four, how are these teams finishing this season? Tampa, Tampa's definitely winning this division. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go over their win total. So I'm going to say it's 12 or more wins for them. Uh, one and one A, you know, right behind them is going to be, I'm going to take New Orleans with a nine win year. Carolina, I'm going to have them go. I'm not as high. I'm not as high. I'm going to go, I'm going to go six wins for Carolina and then Atlanta picks up maybe three. Yeah, so we'll switch it there. I think that the Buccaneers definitely do win, but like I said, I'm going to go that they get under their win total. I think that they go 11-6. and six. I will put Baker and the Panthers right at 9-8, and eight, and then I'll say the Saints finish 7-10, and 10, or they push and go 8-9 and nine right behind them. And then, like I said, Atlanta, I think maybe you're going to see at max, I'll say 3-14. and 14. So... We'll see with the Baker thing. I think that's that's our X factor here with our disagreement, Robert. <laughs> yeah, and uh, sorry, Falcons fans. It's just, it happens, right? It happens. Everyone's just going to have to have a stinker of a year. I mean, we're, we're kind of used to it too here with our Giants every once in a while. I was just going to say, we're Giants fans. So <laughs> other teams need to learn how it is to do that. But, you know, every now and then we come out of nowhere and win a Super Bowl. So I can't totally hate <laughs> our franchise. But hey, hey, speaking of the Giants, Robert, though, they have looked good their first two preseason games. Uh, also, shh, don't talk about them yet. That's true. <laughs> That's they do true. look pretty you know, good, though. You know, I wrote, in our, I wrote a blog the other day about the Comeback Player of the Year Awards, and you know, it was like the third best odds is Daniel Jones. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I did pick that up. I saw and read that. So I, I did make it but I said ah you know what it's 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 worthy to just bring it up this one more time this week so uh very well written Allie again I would love to be pleasantly surprised so like that's why you both you and I did take the under on their win total if they somehow get seven wins this year you know even though that's a losing season I'll be more than happy I will be so much happy because then it's like I don't have to suffer through the last few games where I watch us getting blown out by like 25 points 
but <laughs> that is unfortunately all the time we do have for today. Next week, we got a very exciting episode with the NFC West. We got some Rams. We got the 49ers, the Cardinals. I guess we'll throw Seattle in there, even though I don't think Robert and I are too high on them. But it is going to be a very fun decision, fun division to discuss, especially the Niners. I'm curious, Robert, your take on Trey Lance or as uh, some of your patrons at Baldini's think he's the next MVP. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm curious next week to get your take. And then we're going to have football season coming up. I'm so excited for that. We'll have previews. We'll have a few episodes a week. We'll go to bi. We'll go to two weekly episodes instead of one. Uh, so before I do sign off, Robert, any advice for our listeners or any last thoughts? No, no better time than now to you know keep keep abreast of everything that's happening with with uh, everything in the NFL. There's there's obviously an awful lot of movement on the lines and especially totals once we find out. You know who's you know the starting quarterback. How many reps are they going to get? So uh, the more news that you can get, surround yourself with really good information on where else, Allie? Twitter. Oh yeah, Twitter. Uh, it's it's really honestly picking up so much more than than ever before, and uh, it, it's it's where you can get anything and everything. And heck, you don't have to follow the entire NFL if you want to go ahead and just you know, limit yourself and become an expert in just one division. Uh, that's kind of how I started out and just, you know, unfold from there. Know everything about the team, know everything about the division. So this way you can get an edge over any other book. Yeah. And after we do the NFC West preview, I think we're going to have a, a very fun episode. We're going to give our do's and don'ts of betting the NFL. So we'll have plenty of good advice for you there. I know Robert's full of great advice. So I can't wait for that. But unfortunately, we are at a time as usual. We just fly through these episodes. So I want to thank Robert. Thank you for joining. And everyone, we will see you next week. Take care. Thanks.